Amen, amen, amen. We are living in an interesting time. Hallelujah. And uh, well, as the church we are, as the world is, you know, they're interested. But thank God we are, you know, Jesus is the blessed hope and we get to tell the world about the blessed hope. Amen. Amen. So I've got a very, you know, important message for you this morning. It's, you know, because of all the things that have transpired and stuff, uh, I kind of felt compelled to just go ahead and pray and say, okay, Lord, how is we as Christians, how do we do and what is our role? What is our role in all of this of what's going on, what's taking place? Because the world is going to get darker and darker and we've got to realize how do we react? Amen. So we're going to dive into it. Go to Matthew chapter 24. We are going to talk about things this morning. But we're going to talk about things to the church, okay? We're going to share. I'm not, a, I'm not a revelation preacher. I'm not an end time preacher. I'm really not. I study it. I read the book of Revelations because it says you're blessed if you read it. All right? I've got all kinds of ideas. I've studied it, went to cl- classes on it, got all kinds of folk, read lots and lots of books about it. And I'm thoroughly convinced we're all still confused and don't know what's going to happen, all right? But the key is, is that there are things that God shares with us, okay? And we can look at the scripture and we can take hold of it. So I'm going to read you the first 14 verses of Matthew chapter 24. But then I'm going to share with you some things about what we need to do and what it shares for us to do. Amen? Because how you know, even when Jesus talked about all the things that were going to happen, he actually said a whole bunch of great things in the middle of it. Amen? So here, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living just because it flows a little bit easier, a little bit better. In, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 1, it says this, And Jesus was leaving the temple ground. His disciples poured, pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, Do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. We all know that. In AD 70, you know, uh, they came in and they destroyed and wiped out. I mean, they literally took the temple apart block by block and, and annihilated it and, and leveled it to the ground. And, uh, you know, and of course, Jesus prophesied that. And, you know, one of the things about it, he said, well, why is that just put in there? It's put in there so that you know that Jesus prophesied about that, you know, after, you know, basically 37 years later, you know, uh, that it happened. Uh, along that time, and so that came to pass. How many know the rest of the story is going to be true? Amen. The rest of the account is going to be true. He went on to say this. He said, later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came to him privately, and they said, tell us when all this is going to happen. What sign will be the signal, uh, uh, your return, and the end of the world? Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. but But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains which is with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But 
the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Amen. All right, we said a mouthful right there. Glory to God. Uh, isn't it amazing right there in, in uh, verses 12 and 14? It says, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. And it says, but the, to the one who endures to the end will be saved. Aren't you glad we're going to endure to the end? Amen. And then it says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world and so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Hallelujah. God spoke to our heart, to my heart, and he began to share with me about some things because we do live, and we are living at the end of the age. Many people say, is this the end? Is this the World War III? Is this, you know, is this one of the wars talked about in, in the Bible and all the different things? Uh, well, n- not really in the sense of what's taking place, but in one sense, it could be the beginning of all things. All right? And so you have to be ready. Do you know, you know why all of your lifetime it said that Jesus is coming? Because if you live in light that Jesus is coming soon, then you won't let sin have dominion over you. Because you'll want to endure till the end. You'll want to, you'll want to know that you're going to... If you knew you were going to meet Jesus in the next hour, you would do a lot of repenting. Amen? Because you knew that, hey, if I repent, God watch, God forgive me, can forgive me of my sins, he cleanse me of all, God forgive me, because you know, then God can forgive me, put in the sea of forgetfulness, and God will remember it no more. So if God doesn't remember it, you can't remember it, everything's good. <laughs> Amen. See, sometimes I don't think we preach hell hot enough sometimes. And, uh, but, but, he, but here it is here. I want to read a couple other scriptures to you. I'm going to read them out of, out of the, the New King James. And it's Philippians chapter 2 and uh, verses 13 through 15. It says this, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And Hebrews 12.1 says this. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily ensnare us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, it doesn't do any good to complain. It doesn't do any good to be disputing. It doesn't do any good to argue. Amen. Thank you for your overwhelming response. We want to, but that doesn't do any good. It does great dividends to pray. It does great dividends to be Christians. It does great dividends to be lights in this dark world. So I want to give you some things that I believe the Spirit of God wants to minister to you. Number one is this. Hallelujah, is that, you know, in a world of deception, let's be honest. If you look up here in verse 1 and 2, or not verse 1, but actually getting here, where he goes down here in verse uh, 4, he says, Jesus told him, don't let anyone mislead you or deceive you. The King James says, deceive. He says, don't let anyone mislead you, you know, for a lot are going to come. Don't be deceived, Amen. You know, in the King James, like I said, Jesus answered, take heed that no one deceives you. 
Hallelujah. Because it's going to rise up and deceive many. How many know that the devil's tactic is deception? It's been his, it's been his tactic since Genesis chapter 3. Amen. That's his tactic. So in a world of deception, let's be honest. What do I mean by that? It's let's have the truth. Let's be honest. Let's not try to, 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 to do things in dishonesty, but let's not try to do things just and stick our head in the sands. Amen? Hallelujah. And how, you know, the only way to be honest is to agree with the word of God. Because what did Satan do in Genesis chapter 3? The first thing he did is he disputed God's word. Is the Bible really so? Is the Bible really the word of God? Is that really? The Bible, you know, they may not really say that. Amen? That's the first thing he did. Is that the Satan, Satan disputed whether God's word was true. And then he turned around and denied God's word. And see, the one thing that, that Eve did that messed her up, instead of taking hold of the word of God as an absolute, you know, it, because what she said was this. She said, oh, we can eat of every tree, but we can't eat of the tree of the one that's in the midst of God. You know, God said, don't eat it and don't even touch it. And then she said, lest you die. That word lest there, it says, well, you might die if you do that. But what did God say? God said, if you eat of the tree, he didn't say if you touch it, if you eat of the tree, you shall surely die. Okay? God said, you're going to surely die. She said, well, you might. Well, if you don't believe in Jesus, you might go to hell. (laughs) Because what else did Satan do? He turned, not only did he, he, did, he, did he dispute God's word, not only did he deny God's word, but then he tried to displace God's word with somebody else's word, his word. No, you'll be like God. This is what will happen. When you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you. And they said, well, I don't know about it. And then, then what he did, what did he do? Is he dramatized God's restrictions. Oh, man, God's holding out on you. You get everything but one. Oh, God's holding out on you. See, the minute that you start going and challenging God's goodness in the earth, why is this happening? The minute you start challenging God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's plan, you get messed up because what happens is, is that you think you're God. I told you this was going to be serious. I like all the happy things. But I got to tell you the truth. Because, listen, in a world of deception, listen. I mean, they got the AI gospel. They got the AI scriptures to make everything sound good. What is AI? Artificial intelligence. Okay? And you got to understand, everybody doing the artificial intelligence is not saved. I've never understood why Christians have ever looked to anybody that's not saved. Sorry. The minute I know somebody says, well, I don't care how smart they are, what they're doing, I say, oh, well, they're, they're tainted. Their, their, whole, their, whole, their whole biblical worldview is gone. Their whole ground, their whole foundation is not good. Sorry. If you start out wrong, you're going to end up wrong. Even if you're only one degree off. Uh-uh. Getting back to this. Because here's the thing that the world is doing. How many of you know the world did just what Satan did in Genesis chapter 3? They diminished the penalty. They diminished the cost. So in a world of deception, let's be honest. Let's let God be God in our lives. Let's stand on the truth of the word of God. And see, when you stand on the truth, to be honest, you've got to tell people the truth, even if it hurts their feelings. 
even if it doesn't agree with them. And even if they get mad and say, oh, you're a hater, you're a terrorist, you're this. No, I just believe the Bible. I believe the truth. Here it is. I love you. And see, people say, well, because oh, people will say this. Well, you must hate me because you hate my lifestyle. No, I love you, but I can hate what you do. I can do that. I mean, there's times when my kids did things. I did not like them. I never stopped loving them. I, li- I-, I dislike them. I did. I, lo- I loved them, but I always loved them. But boy, there was times that, boy, I didn't know whose child they were. And we had to take authority over some things, okay? Amen. Let me give you the second thing in this. Is this, is that in a world of war, how do we handle things? In a world of war, we need to be the calmest people in the world. We need to have our heads screwed on right. Okay? Because he goes on to say this, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says, see that you are not troubled. Wow. I mean, amen. I mean, we look at this and we go, oh, because he says all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Amen. And there'll be, in the King James, it says there'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes and in various places. And all of these are the beginning of sorrows. New Living says birth pains in that but then also it says it talks about earthquakes and it talks about famines but it kind of leaves out new living leaves out the word pestilence but I'm going to talk about that in, in just just a second because I, I'm going to bring that up here but how in the world can we be calm when everything's blowing up and everything's going crazy and we got and all the same things could happen in our nation all kinds of stuff we've got people with having the right to say things do things and act crazy here you know it seems like we have a lot of uh uh, lawlessness, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes too. You know, but how do we stay calm in the midst of war? And this has been something I had to really pray about, big time pray about. Because you know me, I'm, I, I want to go out and win the war. You know, I would have been a great in the Revolutionary War. I've been a great preacher and ripping off my robe and putting on my coat and getting my gun and let's go for freedom. I, I would have been perfect. I'd have been a general. I, I would have been. And, uh, you know, uh, just, they just would have been. And I tell the Lord that. I, and not, you know, I'm not bragging. I just tell the Lord, I said, Lord, you know my makeup. You know me. So you've got to help me. I don't want to act in the flesh. I don't want to react out of my head. I want to react out of my heart. Because those people need Jesus. They need Jesus. The only difference between you and I and them is Jesus. So how do I remain calm? Lord, how do I remain calm in the midst of all this? I mean, did you know out of the last 3,400 years, we've only had 268 years that didn't have a war in it? So only 8% of the last 3,400 years was without war. So people say, oh, man, look, at, we've been having wars our whole lives, okay, you know, and uh, there's war all the time, but how do you remain calm in the midst of things? Well, I want to give you three things God said you got you to gotta, uh, uh, set your head and your heart and your soul. You got you to think on these things, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. Number one is you got to think on God's promise. God's promised to us. Aren't you glad that God's promise to us is that because we've made Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives, hallelujah, that he, amen, says we have eternal life. And so we're not afraid to die. Woohoo! 
In fact, man, I think sometimes, Lord, it'd be so much fun to be watching this from heaven and to know the the end already. Y'all got nervous because you don't want to be there watching. Amen. He said, we got to look to his promise. He promised to never leave us. Amen. He promised to protect us. He promised to make sure that we had provision. These are all under his promise. Okay? You got to look to his promises. All these things are the promise. Second thing you got to do is you got to look to his presence. And if his presence is there, everything's good. The minute that you've got all, you go, what am I going to do? Step out and go, whew, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. I'm gonna mag- I need your presence. And, the, and when God's presence comes down, you go, whoo, there it is. Okay, everything's good. Nothing's changed except for God's presence showed up. You've got to set your heart and mind on the presence of God. And you can do that. We are the only generation. We are the, when I say generation, we're the only church age. We're the only ones, glory to God, that we can go up and back and forth to heaven. We can get into the, we can get God's presence on the earth. We can get, we can go into the throne of grace boldly and we can obtain help. We can obtain grace. We can obtain mercy. We think about his presence. God in the midst of no matter if it's chaos, though a thousand are falling over here and 10,000 are falling over here, nothing's going to be in here. Amen. Amen. Why? Because God promised. (laughs) Standing on the promises that cannot fail. I mean, I love the old hymns. I do, if you sing them right. If you don't sing them right, they're nasty. If you sing them right, hallelujah. If you actually believe them, amen. And now, here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. And this is just part of one of these points that I'm going to go here. I got six pages of notes. I told him, I actually gave the notes back, said, you may, we may need to have this set up. But, uh, 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 you know, it, it's kind of funny. Yesterday, I'll tell you a little side story. Yesterday morning, you know, I was resting really good. All of a sudden, Pastor Pam wakes up and she doesn't get up early. And, you know, she's not a morning person. Love her, but she's not that. She, got, she said, you need to get out of bed and go get your message now. I said, <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's what I heard. I was asleep. <laughs> and she's never said that before. Ever. Right? And I was the man. Because she went back to sleep. <laughs> it was awesome. But she was absolutely right. I mean, I was sleeping. And she just said, hey, you need to get up and get your message. Yes, ma'am. You know, and I, and, and I did. That's what all of this is, this is all coming about. So as you can tell, it's hot off the press and, uh, of what God wants to do. But I appreciate that. I mean, it shocked me. I got to be, you know, hallelujah. I don't know if we'd had the same response if I'd have said that to her. But <laughs> I love you. I love you. You know that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Now, where was I when I got so off of that? No, I, I know exactly where I'm at. We had God's promise, and then we've got God's presence. But here's the cool thing. Here's the really cool thing about it, you know, is that the, sec- the third thing that the Lord just spoke to me, he said, you know what? He said, you've got to set your heart on my promises, 
man, set your heart to have my presence. He said, and then you got to trust my plan. How many of you know God's got a plan? How many of you know he's not wringing his hands? God's had a plan from the beginning of man. God's had a plan. He's a, and everything else has fell into place. The, the, the key is, is that we're seeing prophecy fulfilled. We're seeing the end of the... We're, we're looking in the Bible and we're seeing it happen. So we're seeing things. But what we need to know is we need to make sure that, yes, so, think, so guess what that did? That just shows you that this is true. All the promises of God are true. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Amen? So what did Jesus, why did Jesus say this to his disciples? Hey, guess what? I'm teaching you about all these things. He says, but guess what? My peace I'm giving to you. Not as the world gives, but my peace. My peace. They watched Jesus walk around full of peace. Remember, I mean, he goes on to say, even in that, you know, in, in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, listen, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You're going to be okay. You're going to be all this. It's going to be good. You can, you can handle this. So in a world of war, we can be calm. Why? Because we know who the king of kings is. We know his promises. We know his presence. And we believe in his plans. And we're going to let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our heart and mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you another statement here that the Lord said. In a world of disasters, hallelujah, be confident. How many of you know we live in a world of disasters? There's disasters happening all the time. Earthquakes, pestilence, pandemics. Amen? Famines. Famines. There's famines. There's, you know, I mean, whether you, whether you know it or not, you know, Russia and Ukraine used to supply or did supply 30% of the world's grain, which is a lot when you think 30% is not going to be out there for 30% of the world to eat. You know, and so when we look at this, you know, uh, to, to see the hand of God in a world of disasters, how, how, can, how can you be confident? In a world of pestilence, which that word pestilence talks about pandemics, talks about what endeavoring to do. Aren't you glad, praise God, for Psalms 91? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for what, you know, when you have First Peter 2.24, when it talks about you're, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, and uh, even in a world that's just totally defined by disasters and chaos and everything that's going on, we can be defined by confidence in what? In God. Our confidence is in Him. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything... According to his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen? Amen. Hebrews writer, you know, Paul said this in the book of Hebrews. He said, cast not away your confidence because it has great recompense of reward. Amen? That after you've done the will of God that you had to have need of patience. But don't cast away your confidence. Have confidence in God's plan. Have confidence in God's promises. Have confidence in God's presence. Amen. Hallelujah. It's amazing that we talk about the word. We talk about all these things. But now we get to live it. We get to actually live it. So in a world of disasters, be confident. You've got to be confident in God's protection in this world right now. Amen. Thank God. God's, we've got to be confident in the end of those things there. Praise God. And you also have to be confident in God's pardon. 
that he's pardoned you, that he's redeemed you, that he's got you. Even how ugly you've been, even how you disobeyed him, even all that craziness, he still loves you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. You, a lot of you should have shouted on that one. Say, so thank God. Hallelujah. I give you time to repent. Amen. And here's the thing too. Be confident in God's perspective. See, we're citizens of heaven. We're seated at the right hand of the Father spiritually, okay? Yeah, we're living here in the nasty now and now. We're having to deal with things in our natural bodies and our natural minds and all the things here. But God's given us the ability to be supernatural. God's given us this ability that we don't have to allow the things of the world to get in us. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, you, you understand... Do you understand that the world and all the things that are happening, the world's groaning. The earth is groaning. The Bible says in Romans, it says the earth is groaning. That's why there's earthquake. That's why there's a famine. That's why there's pestilence. That's why there's That's why there are all kinds of things happening. It's just showing you about the, the whole thing of what's gone on of the curse of the earth, but it also is showing you the ravages of sin of what, that, that, that's caused the earth to be this. It's like, oh my gosh. But aren't you glad that God is a refuge and a strength and a very present help in trouble? Amen. I'm so glad, hallelujah, that God sent his word and he healed me and delivered me out of all of my trouble. Amen. God delivered me out of all of my trouble. Hallelujah. Thank God for this. Thank God for the word of God. Amen. I mean, we know that it's just the fallen nature of the world. This world's going to be beautiful when it gets redone. Amen. Hallelujah. It is. It is. But God said he's going to meet all and supply all of our needs. He's going to make sure that we have an abundant supply. You know, there, there's a scripture in the Bible that says the Gentiles are supposed to run to you with their riches. They're supposed to run to you to ask you the reason of the hope. that's They're supposed to just, just pour it all on, onto you like they did when they sent the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were just giving them, just, get, just go, just get away, just get away. We're done. It's, it's bad news to have you around us. Amen? Hallelujah. And I don't know, how many of you had people just running up and just pouring money on you? I thought maybe there would be at least one, but nope, there is not one. Doggone. I was going to talk to you after service, say, okay, glory to God. No. Amen? But here's something else you need to understand of why we need to be confident in this whole world of disaster, because God's going to use you to meet the needs of everybody else around you. God not only wants to meet your needs. Don't be so selfish in this time. Let me just jump over here into another thing about, well, we got to get a little mindset changed a little bit here. Because not only do we need to be confident in God's provision for us and, you know, what God's doing here, but we need to get confident in God's provision for us to provide for everybody else around us. So they can see the hand of God. So now we got to understand God wants you to have not just one storehouse. He wants you to have storehouses so that you can be a distribution center to everybody else around to be a blessing and to love them and to care so they can see how God is doing it. Amen. God wants you to have the wisdom of Joseph. Hallelujah. In the days of a famine and know how to store, know how to store, but know how to give, know how to do the because God's going to take you from the dungeon and make you all the way up to the leader of the nation. God's hand is upon us. We, it's it's the greatest time to be alive right now, to listen to the, the voice of the Spirit of God, what God's doing. That's why in the midst of war, we can be calm. Hallelujah. In the midst of disasters, we can have confidence. Why? Because God's called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. 
And I just, I just happened to see the time down the little corner. I didn't know. They usually have the time in big numbers up there to make sure I, I, I end on time. Hallelujah. But we're, we're going to work on this. Hallelujah. I'm trying to unhook. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one here. And we'll, just, we'll tantalize you. You may pick up here next Sunday. But in a world, hallelujah, of persecution, let's be prepared. Amen. And this is a big one because everybody wants to be liked. Nobody wants to be judged. Nobody wants to be persecuted. Nobody wants to be ridiculed. Nobody wants to be classified as, a, as one of those. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And you are. You came into church here. You might as well just join in with us. Praise God. We're, no, we love you. But I... In a world of persecution, and we've, we've not really seen that in our country as much as we're seeing it, more so now, more so they're trying to tell us what we can and cannot do, trying to push things on us, trying to say things, trying to say, hey, you can't say this, you can't say that. We've seen that through freedom of speech. We've seen a few things here, but uh, not to the degree of where we're going to get our heads chopped off or not to the degree we're going to get killed for standing up for things. But persecution is coming even in a degraded degree, so we've got to be prepared. Amen. We've got to be prepared to do this. Amen. Because he said this in, in Matthew uh, verse 9, 24 9. He says, they will deliver you up to tribulation and they will kill you. You'll be hated by all nations for my namesakes. Amen. I mean, in, in the New Living, it says, then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated over all, you know, over all the world because you are my followers. Amen. You know, how I many you know that and the Jews, is, it's our time clock. It's, our, it's what we watch. It's what we, why, why we watch the Jews is why we watch what's going on because they're a time clock. They're a timepiece for what's going to take place. Because whether or not you believe in the rapture or not, there's not too, nothing about the Bible talking about the rapture and the catching away of the church. And there are a few things, but there are a ton, ton, tons of scriptures about the second coming of Jesus. And so we look at, the, at what's going on here and what's taking place, hallelujah, in, in the, about Jesus coming. And so before that, we know because God said he's not appointed us to wrath. God said we, we, we will not. He's going to save us from, not save us in. He's going to save us from the wrath to come. Well, if he saves you from, that means you can't be here. If I get saved from something, means I don't get to go through it. That's what the scripture says. That's what the Bible says. All right? So... You know, he, and he hasn't appointed us to wrath. And the, one of the, the biggest thing is that the Antichrist can't rise to power as long as I'm alive. He said, well, you just think you're something. I, no, I think I'm a child of God and the Spirit of God lives in me. The Holy Spirit's here. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So the Spirit, I'm God, the spirit that's in me is greater than anything the devil can do. See, I believe that. I actually believe this. Says, that's why, that's why I say, Pastor, you're crazy. I know I am, but I'm in a crazy in a good way. It, um, and uh, uh, <laughs> because believe it or not, folks, we are going to have to make a stand. Now they took the whole clock down. <laughs> Don't do that to me. I'll pull my phone out. <laughs> They're playing games back then now. Hallelujah. I love them. Anyways, um, 
See, that's the thing. That's why I can't have like watches with things, you know, ting on my arms and all that kind of stuff. We are going to, let's close this up a little bit and then we'll pick it up because this is so important. It's about how do we endure till the end? How do we stand? How do we take hold? What is our place? What is God's plan? And his plan is for harvest. His plan is for revival. His plan is for the church to be seen, how glorious and how powerful he really is. So we're going to need to make a stand for Christ in his word. All right? But how do we do that? Do you know the first thing you have to do when you're getting persecuted, when you're getting talked about, laughed about, written about, you know, blamed for, is you've got to go back and, and, and count your blessings and name them one by one. You've got to go back and get your relationship and know what God has said and look what the Lord's done. Amen? I see, you remember me telling you that, you know, I was called into the kingdom for this time, for this hour, and I didn't understand why I had to go through all the things I went through in my life because of where I was at and what was going on, you know, and being persecuted. Because I thought everybody got persecuted. I thought that just the way you did ministry, that everybody challenged every word you said. You know, because I was pastoring in the inner city. I mean, Jenny's here. She knows. I mean, every Sunday, it was a challenge. Every Sunday, you had to be on guard. Every, you because know, somebody's going to yell at you. Somebody's going to try to kill you. Somebody's going to try to steal from you. Somebody's going to try to do something. I mean, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. You just knew something, you know, the enemy was going to show up because he didn't want you to be there. And I thought, glory to God, this is just having church. This is fun. <laughs> but... Then getting persecuted, getting lied about, getting said these things here. You know, and you know my story. I mean, I've been written in books, been lied about close to coast to coast, all kind of things. People have said, done, people have come in and they, they've trying to put curses on me. They're praying I die while I'm preaching. Yeah, all of these. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story. And they're all gone and I'm still here. And I'm still loving Jesus. And I'm not, like, I'm not bragging on me, but I used to tell people, I said, listen, you don't want to come and start saying bad things because bad things happen because God fights my battles. Amen. See, because I love you. I, I think you're precious and I think you have no past. Even if you wrote about me yesterday and lied about me and tried to destroy my life. <laughs> I can meet you and love you and talk to you. <laughs> you say, how come? Because I've had so many people do that already. Amen. I mean, you know, it's been 20 some odd years. Nobody's ever really done that. It's, I'm kind of thinking what's going on. I must not be, I must be backslid. <laughs> Y'all are nice. So sweet. Don't go trumping something up because not good. We want you to live, not die. Okay. Amen. It's serious in that. You got to count your blessings. And, and we're going to stop right there, but we're going to count our blessings. We're going to come back. Because I've got about five or six more points that I wanted to yeah, hang on to that. We'll get it here. Hallelujah. The hand of God is upon our church. It's upon our lives. It's upon the body of Christ. And one thing that I, I love about you know, Pastor Pamela, because she's sharing, we were talking about things. She said, I just can't wait to hear the supernatural testimonies that's going to come out of what the enemy's trying to do. The supernatural testimonies of what God has done in the midst of it. And you're going to hear those things. You're going to hear those. Believe them, okay? We've already seen the worst, but let's believe the good that comes in it. But if you want to do this, if you want to be prepared, the number one thing is you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Hallelujah. You got to keep your eyes on him and you got to count your blessings. Thank God I'm saved. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Go ahead, Miss Carol. Don't fret, don't worry. Don't let your heart be troubled by the things that you've seen and heard and what is transpiring. But set your heart on me, says the Lord, and on the hope. You see, hope will make you not ashamed. Hope in knowing that my presence Hallelujah. My promise, my plan, my purposes, they shall come to pass. Yes, this is the 11th hour. Yes, this is the time and the beginning of sorrows. But yes, this is the time for my church's finest hour. My church is my church to rise and to be the church and to just allow me to do the things that I want to do through the church so that the world can see the thing that was written that was spoken through the Apostle Paul and written to the church at Ephesus during difficult times. He says, I want to show the devil and the world how great I am through the church, through you. The manifold wisdom of God, that manifold wisdom of God that is wisdom that is not based upon worldly things or on earthly things, but it's a wisdom that comes down from above. And all did I not declare through my servant James and say, if you need wisdom, if any man needs wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. I'll not withhold. In this hour, I want to show. In this hour, I want to speak. In this hour, I want to lead. So the church can move in the direction that it needs to go. So don't look to the right or don't look to the left. But look on the inside of what I've placed within you. Because my kingdom is on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. And that kingdom, oh, will show you that spirit. The spirit of the Lord on the inside of you will show you which way to go, what to do. Oh, be quiet, be still, and know that I am God, says the Lord. Yes, yes, it is a perilous time. Yes, yes, it is a sober time. Because we're seeing things that are taking place and things that are happening that we thought in our lifetimes we wouldn't see. But oh, hallelujah, the things that I have planned, 
the things that I have in purpose for you are things that you thought you would never see on this side. And there are things that I'm going to do, things that I'm going to bring forth that will just marvel you, that'll just cause you to rejoice. It'll cause you to have that joy that you sing about. It'll cause you to have that peace that you've talked about. And it'll cause you to walk as men and women of God and walk as my children, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I am your God. I am your God. I am the Lord God Almighty. And you are my children, says the Lord. And so walk. Walk as children of the light. Not in darkness, but as children of the light. And oh, you'll see the things that have been said shall start to come to pass. Ah, and you'll say, hey, this is what God has spoken in my heart. Look and see that the Lord, he is good. Father, we honor you today. We thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, I know that as I shared, I've, I've, I've opened up so many things. And, but I also know in my heart, Father God, that we want to answer all those things. Father, thank you that in a world of deception, we can be honest and we can have truth go forth Father in a world of war we can be the calmest people in the world because we know your word and we know what you've provided because we have the answers hallelujah Lord you're so amazing and in a world of disasters we can have confidence that you're going to make sure that we're safe and that we're walking with you Thank you, thank you, Lord. Mm. I love you and I praise you, Father. And as we pick up from there and go and even to the next one that we're talking about, that in a world of persecution, Father, we can be prepared. Hallelujah. Because you're preparing the church and you're preparing us. Hallelujah. To be the light that you've called us to be. What a great time to be alive. But Father, with our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if there's anybody here or those that are watching, you know, we're talking to the church. We're preparing the church because that's what I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. That's what I do. But my heart is for the lost. My heart is for people to be born into the kingdom of God. That's my heart. Oh, my heart is so that nobody dies lost. People often ask, what is your vision? My vision is in the direct proportion of the number of people that need to be born again in this area. I want every person. I want this to be a place where the glory of God covers the earth. And so if you're here and you don't really know, you're here, you're not really sure about the things of God. You might come in with a lot of questions. And this may have been really a heavy sermon for you and and, and caused some things. But let me just tell you, God loves you. He has peace. And when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, it brings such great peace on the inside doesn't mean that all your problems are solved it just simply means you have great peace that changes everything but you may be here and you may have never made Jesus the Lord or you may be here and you say you know what I need to come back to God if that's you raise your hand let me pray with you don't leave this place not knowing where you're going to go in eternity knowing that hey God loves you I want you to know God loves you he loves you so much he does oh hallelujah and you may be like me that you, you just want to go fight and, and do all things. But our fight is not with flesh and blood. See, when you, when you can get God on the inside of you, He can bring peace. He can bring, make, make 
change chaos into goodness and you can change, change chaos into wisdom. So if there's anybody here that needs, needs to pray, needs to come to God or come back to God, just raise your hand. Let's pray with you. Let me do that. I love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for the body of Christ because I believe everybody here is born again. Father, thank you for your hand upon them. Lord, we honor you. We love you. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, thank you that you've called us into the kingdom. I know that, like I said, this message, Father, we're looking and seeing we want answers, but you're giving us answers in this. You're giving us, we've given them so much to chew on. Hallelujah, this morning. Probably too much. I probably should have backed off and not gave so much. But Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit who can form fit who can help them to understand and bring things back to their remembrance. Lord, I thank you for that now. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.